If you listen close, you can hear Al Pacino behind the scenes being like, this is not what I would do. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Your parents watch this <laughs> with Kean Beatty and Brad Semituk. I'm Kean Beatty. I'm Brad Semituk. Thanks for tuning in. We're back at you with good audio this week. Thanks to who, Kean? Comedy here often and no one else. I'd like to thank me for the good audio and my mom for buying me the Zoom to record our good audio. No, with. it's thanks to Comedy Here Often, the p- company. Hey, shout out to Comedy Here Often. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're here. We're brought to you by them. We're brought to you to tell you how the movie Scarface changed your parents' worldview. What movie are we watching this week? We're watching Scarface, Boom. baby. What if this podcast was only about Scarface? How many episodes could we get out of it? I'd say more than the current restraints, or the same amount as the current restraints that we've set upon ourselves. <laughs> you think we get tired of it just as fast? Yeah, I mean, we already can't watch new movies. It's like, how many old movies are there apart from Scarface? And how many old movies are just Scarface, but just with a different director? Tell you what, Brad, there's been a lot of times we've been watching movies for this podcast where I've just thought, like, man, I wish this was Scarface, and now <laughs> we're finally here. <laughs> Every time a guy gets into a car in a movie, I'm like, this is basically Scarface. Yeah, anytime they mention Columbia, I'm like, what was that movie about the guy who had the scar on his face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do you think they called this movie Scarface? God only knows. If we ever get Oliver Stone on this show or Brian De Palma or Al Pacino, we got to ask him. Al, why do you think they called you that? <laughs> well, like, I think it's funny that, like, people's nicknames, like, when they're street guys is just the most obvious thing about them. Yeah, I love that. I don't know. I don't have anything. For I always I guess thought that's that everyone's was tight. nickname. Uh, but, like, can you do that today in a modern progressive society? Yeah, that's true. You can't do that in this day and age. That's why this movie couldn't be remade now and no other reason. Yeah. It's because it's offensive to do this nicknames. This movie would have just been called Tony and no one would have seen this it. This movie would have been called Guys Bullying Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Guys not believing in Tony. <laughs> Someone calls him Scarface and he starts crying. <laughs> that's what, yeah, our generation could never have a Scarface because they would just report that as soon as anyone called them that hey come on man why you gotta be mean to me man <laughs> hey come on chico <laughs> there's a lot more about my pr- i can't do it without doing italian voice but what about this there's a lot more about my personality than the scar on my face okay that's i got scars good. on my heart too that's pretty good and that's then probably it's- how al pacino was saying it to himself in uh, his head because he is an italian man <laughs> <laughs> that's what i love about this movie is that it's like all like Latino and like Colombian guys like playing all the Latino and Colombian actors except for Al Pacino who is an Italian man. Yeah. Well, what I love about this movie is it's not a mob movie, but everyone calls it a mob How movie. How is it not a mob movie? Because it's a movie about a guy. It's not a movie about the mob. He creates a mob. What do you mean he creates a mob? He has like four guys. He's got capos working under him, Bradley. Yeah, we all have capos working under us, Keith. And you're telling me you're not in a mob? We all have guys that we could if call have, that would murder someone for If you've for got us, a Keith. captain, I've got bad news for you, Bradley. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in an organization. We all have to kick part of our income up to the dawn every month, but that doesn't mean we're in the mafia, Keith. It's just the mafia doesn't exist. It's called being a family man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I guess he does start a mob, so it is a mob movie. Never mind. I just thought it was about Scarface, not the mafia. I get that. I had that same thought as I was watching it too, and I think like when you call something a mob movie, you're kind of like I think there's an insinuation there that it's Italian mobsters and it's set in New York in the 70s. But like this isn't that. I think so it's, it's either I'm fucked or everyone who calls this movie a mob movie is fucked. Society is fucked. 
and I think that this <laughs> is all I'm just like holding the, up a mirror. I think this is I think this is all like the trappings of a mob movie, but it's not like technically a mob movie. It's like the difference between a coffee and an americano. You know, like there might be a little bit different how you got to the end point, but at the end of the day, it's more or less the same fucking drink. Yeah, if they only sell americano and you ask for a coffee. They know what you mean. Exactly. <laughs> if you say you want a mob movie and they give you Scarface, you'll be happy. Yeah. You telling me you're going to get upset? No. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Have you ever seen Casino? No. We had this conversation earlier. I still got to watch that. I'd be kind of upset if they showed me Scarface and I was expecting Casino. <laughs> but I thought this movie was pretty solid overall. Like, me I w- too. Hey, I w- wait. Should we just do a run through of this quickly? Sure. In case there is one person who hasn't seen Scarface. Sure. Um, Scarface came out in 1983. It was directed by Brian De Palma. The, scar- uh, the screenplay was done notably by Oliver Stone. It, scar- uh, it stars Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, it's fucking tight. It's about like the come up of Tony Montana, who's a, a drug kingpin in the 1980s. It's about his come up and his eventual downfall. It's about capitalism. It's about the American dream. It's about getting a wife. It's about fucking. To me. Bingo. It's about a lot of things to a lot of different people. <laughs> to me, it's about business. To Brad, it's about wives. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of went into this movie expecting to like shit all over it because there is a type of guy who like you would shit all over who loves Scarface. Yes. But to be honest, watching this movie, I thought it was really tight. I thought it was really tight too. So either I'm a Scarface guy or everyone needs to stop bullying Scarface guys. I feel like this might be a similar situation to Taxi Driver where it's like a dope movie, but all the guys who think it's dope think it's dope for the completely wrong reason. Yeah. And we're just sitting here thinking like being like, no, it's actually a really good insight to the psyche of a man who's affected by a society. Like, why do you think frat guys love it? Uh, Because Tony Montana is badass and because he doesn't take shit from anybody. And he says, say hello to my little friend. That's why I think frat guys like it. I think you're just and I think that's a valid reason. Yeah. Personally, all that shit rules. I think frat guys are smarter than that. They're in university, so maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I don't know. It is weird because there's like a genre of bros that love it because of the machine guns. But there's like I think it has a lot more than that also. Oh, definitely. And like I was ready to like we were saying before, I was ready to jump in and start shitting on it. But like literally in the first scene, it's like they start bringing up like broader points about communism and like why Al Pacino's trying to flee um, Cuba for, uh, you know, uh, America to try and find a better life. Uh, he talks about how like he fucking hates that. Uh, he works all day for, you know, Fidel to take all of his money. He doesn't actually own any of the shit that he wants to own and he doesn't have anything. Yeah, he's, he's like, how would you like to work? Nothing. How'd you like to work 10 hours a day and own nothing? And then the cops like, that's literally my life. The cop is like, <laughs> have you heard of a mortgage? I'm a 47 year police officer and I still don't own my car. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's the, that's the bad news. Tony is like, yeah. you are. There is literally no difference between the uh, dregs of communism and the dregs of capitalism. It's just different flavors of the same kind of fucked. Yeah, it's just a guy fucking you still. Like that's my favorite part about the government is like it doesn't even matter which one it is. Yes, I felt so bad for Tony when he was like sneaking across the border. He's like talking about how he wants to get a better life in America. He wants to own a house, and I'm yeah. just thinking like, oh, sweetie. oh honey (laughs) oh pookie bear that 2008 crisis is gonna fuck you tony (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i just 
I think, yeah, like the first second of this movie, they're like, communism and capitalism are the same. And then everyone was like, haha, guns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I don't know, man. I think that's fucking tight. That's Do you some, think uh, they are the same, though? I think that the broad ends of uh, them are the same. I mean, it's not that I think that those two things are the same, but I think that when you have a small group of elites in power, you're going to have the same result, end result, no matter like what path you choose to take to get there yeah so to me i think that the problem really lies in the government's not being like truly for the people and representing the people uh the problem comes when it's the government's representing uh uh the uh interests of the elites and like the people who are in power and running all this shit and then you just get you know a fucking um what is it called tyranny of the minority where it's the small rich elites who are just able to force their will on everybody. And then you have uh, communism where you don't own anything, which is what Tony's trying to escape or capitalism where you're in such a fucking hole of debt that you don't own your house. You don't own your car and you're just working so that uh, nothing gets taken away from you. Yeah. Like, so suck my dick for everyone who says that we're too soft on communism. Okay. Yeah. Communism <laughs> is, it's not the communism. It's authoritarianism and authority that I fucking hate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate Dudes and fucking assholes. You know what my political opinion is? That politics is for the birds. I don't believe in any of that shit, dude. I don't think any of it works. Yeah, the only party I'm in is keeping it real and uh, the party at my house after this fucking podcast. Hell yeah, baby. We're Fuck politics. Hammered. We love drinking. Yeah, hell yeah. No COVID <laughs> regulations in my bar. <laughs> no, we got masks on. I don't know. I'm starting to think that because like in this pandemic, I, I was like starting to get radicalized to the left a little bit, you know, where I was like, oh, we need socialism and stuff. And then now I just kind of think that like, yeah, whatever guy starts doing socialism is just going to change his mind once someone shows him a briefcase full of money. Like, yeah. Have you ever seen a briefcase full of money? Like, <laughs> No, and I'm terrified to find out what that's going to do to me, quite <laughs> I would, frankly. I would kill anyone for a briefcase <laughs> full of money. Like, I get why politicians do that. I just don't think we should let them. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's like the true fucking flaw of our government is that it's so easy to just not be accountable and to do whatever you want. Um, I mean, like, look at fucking uh, Alberta politics. This is going to be a little alienating to all of our listeners in India. But like uh, <laughs> you can uh, all of our premiers. And I'm all sure they got I'm sure they have an Alberta. Over I'm sure that. they've been alienated. <laughs> by now. Um, but yeah, no, it's just like all the fucking MLAs here just can do whatever they want. Nobody can kick them out until their term rolls around. So you can just, you know, I can literally get an office yeah, and do a worse job than we did at Red Robin and have more job security. Like 10 of our MLAs went on a vacation to Hawaii in the middle of COVID and came back and didn't get a pay decrease at all. Bro, did you see that guy <laughs> in Slave Lake who fucking got kicked out of the party? And every like all the members of the city that he represents are like, stop being our MLA. And he's just like... Starting next week, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to be available, and we're going to work through this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Politic guys, like, that's the greatest grift of all time. That's why dude. I want to go into politics, quite I can't frankly. Even, I can't even be too mad at them because it's like you're so smart. Exactly. I'm not <laughs> like, if I had a job, I've had jobs that I don't care about before. Yeah. I, I have jobs where I show up just to run out the clock. How can I fault you for doing the same? It just sucks. I can't unelect you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's my fault for putting you in this position. I want the politicians to change. I fully believe that there's no reason for them to at the same time. Yes, <laughs> anyway. exactly. Because, yeah, I never would. I think this movie is just about how money is fucked. 
Like, I think Scarface really is just about how you shouldn't want money. Yeah, I think it absolutely is. Because, I mean, like... uh, I think uh, that's what we're trying to get to with our tangent there. That's... Thank you for sending us... For bringing us home. (laughs) Because, like, that's kind of what Tony's whole motivation in this movie is, is making money. At least on a surface level. But I feel like... Um, and let me know if you got this impression towards the end of the movie when Tony started to actually get his money and he was like railing on Elvira for not being able to give him a son and all that stuff. You really get the sense that like it wasn't actually Tony or money that Tony wanted. He wanted like security. He wanted to just have a life for himself and uh, be able to provide and be a fucking man in the most traditional sense of the word. Yeah, maybe. But I think he doesn't know that. Like, I think he thinks that he just wants money. Yes, you're exactly right. Because when he's in the bath, like, bitching at his best friend and his wife, it's like he's just talking about how he wants to make more money because he thinks that'll make his life better, and he doesn't realize that he's already a billionaire and his life is still terrible. Well, yeah, exactly, because so much other shit has come along with the money at that point that, like, it's just not worth it at a certain point. Um I've kind of thought about it like the whole kind of tagline of this movie, Tony's uh, motto is the world is yours. Yeah. Uh, Every time something pivotal happens to it, he sees it, which uh, the world's not yours, bro. The world is Amazon's. The world is. Yeah. The (laughs) world isn't just yours, Tony. You don't get to have it all. You can have some of it, but you can't have it all. And I think that's the lesson that he uh, didn't take and that he could have from a bunch of the people that he worked with. Let's talk about Frank. Yeah. Uh, the first Frank tells him in those words. Ex- literally, those exact words. Yeah. He says, like, if you want to make it in this business, you have to fl- be low-key, fly under the radar. The big dogs get taken out. Um, and, like, that, th- that, uh, that's how Frank was operating his business. We should also say Frank was the first guy who gave Tony a job, essentially just being, like, a street-level drug dealer for him. Yeah. Um, but and then Tony... Uh, kills him and takes over the business but uh before uh frank went into business with tony he was happy yeah he was in a loveless marriage with elvira but apart from that he loved it he, he was, was cracking a happy jokes man. all the time he was cracking jokes that was what he wanted he had a nice house it wasn't you know he he wasn't sosa he wasn't the fucking tippy top of the drug dealer chain but he made but a like, nice life for himself he made a nice life for himself he was wealthy and he was able to coach a little league team yeah uh and you know so like he but uh he had to make the sacrifice of not you know being as rich as he thought he potentially could be of not hitting the ceiling of being king drug dealer but if you look at sosa on the other hand he chose to become the king drug dealer uh, and as a result of that he has to live a secluded life off the coast or on a compound in bolivia yeah so it's like you don't get to have it all tony and that's why he fucked up tony tried to take it all yeah and i think it's uh you said something cool about like yeah frank's life was completely fine before he met tony i think that says something about how like letting those types of people in your life fucks you too yeah like i think people who are power hungry they corrupt everything they touch they don't just like ruin their own life yeah i agree with that and i mean like not even not even necessarily power hungry it's just like you know frank brings tony a dude who keeps hitting on his wife into his house and like isn't enjoying his company hates him and now he's like fucking everything up i think yeah i think it's forget about yeah i think being frank's kind hungry. of a dumbass dude frank is kind of a dumbass it's like dude stop hanging out with people who suck this is a lesson that everybody can take from this yeah. movie yeah he set up his life perfect and then just invited tragedy in exactly because he got a little greedy yeah. he wanted to make too much money and then it fucked him 
Oh, see, that's interesting. Even Frank got greedy. Frank got greedy, even though he was talking about not being a pig the whole time. I mean, he was he was uh, he was you know fucking doing very well for himself until he brought Tony in, and then Tony was getting greedy with the big deals with Sosa, and yeah. I guess that kind of pissed off Frank. But still, I mean, like the greed in which uh, that made uh, Frank want to start working with Tony. Uh, and, you know, dealing with him directly as opposed to making him go through, uh, I forget that fucking guy's name who Tony was working under for Omar. a minute. Omar at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like, yeah. Why would Frank trust Tony? Like, because <laughs> this man like comes into your house, doesn't laugh at one of your jokes, hits on your wife and then gives you the evil eye the whole time. And then you're still like, I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. I like that scar on his face. I think this movie is about deluding yourself, like at a base level. I think that... It's about people lying to themselves. Maybe, but I don't even think that Frank was lying to himself. Because, I mean, like in the scene, I think immediately after that, uh, he's talking to just Omar. And he talks about how... um, I, I don't remember the words he uses exactly, but he essentially describes Tony as like, a, you know, a blue collar. Yeah, he workhorse. Asks, I and remember he asks Omar. He says, what do you think of that guy? And Omar goes, I think he's a fucking peasant. And then Frank goes, yeah, but you get one of them on your side and he he fights for you forever. Exactly. And that's what t- uh, Frank didn't count on is that Tony wasn't fighting. But that's what Frank. I mean about deluding yourself. Is you should never assume that a guy you just met who, like, got into a gunfight with your drug dealer is, like, going to fight for you. Yeah, and I wouldn't even... uh, Yeah, I would just think, like, you shouldn't assume that you can influence dudes that easily, Frank. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think this movie is about the power of friendship. Yeah? You need to make good friends. Because Scarface would have been happy if he made a nice couple of friends, and Frank would have been happy if he made better friends. Hey, Scarface was happy when he had friends. Yeah, and Sosa would have uh, executed that murder if he made better friends, and then he never would have got caught. That's true. Every movie we watch <laughs> is about having better friends. <laughs> this movie's about the power of friendship. I mean, it is to a degree. That literally, like, that's a huge character arc for Tony, is uh, the the relationship he has with Manolo. Yeah. Uh, like, they're boys through this whole entire movie, and then Manolo goes after uh, his sister, and then, you know, it all falls to pieces from there. I think we should talk about Tony's relationship uh, with women, yeah, I and think specifically. It's... Let's talk about his sister to start. Go. Well, you start go. Then. I you start then because I was gonna go somewhere else because okay. I think it's interesting to compare Tony and Manolo's relationships with women because in the start of the movie they're both being like way too horny at girls and catcalling and Manolo does that weird like pretending to eat pussy thing and yep, getting smacked. I remember. Also, uh, one thing I want to talk about for the Manolo uh, hitting on girls scene, there was one beautiful scene where Manolo goes to hit on a girl and then Tony sits down next to a kid and he's like, hey, watch these. And yeah. then it's just like Manolo getting rejected and calling a girl a lesbian. Mwah, chef's kiss delicious. That was a beautiful bit. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of problematic parts about that. Like, I could start with the parents of those kids letting a stranger just, like, sit on the same chair as their kid. It was the 80s. My dad would pull out his gun. Doubt it. He wouldn't have it on him, but he'd drive home to get it. Your dad would bro down with Scarface. (laughs) My dad would press the officer down button on his walkie-talkie. Your dad would flip Scarface. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. Like, the parents letting him sit there is so fucked, and then... Manolo going up and thinking that showing a girl how he eats pussy will get her to let him eat her pussy is fucked. Like, that's my point of it, is they get into an argument right after he gets smacked where uh, Manolo's talking about how girls love if you just, like, 
try to make them come and then scarface is like no you have to get the money and the power and then you get the women and then you make them come and i think this movie is about the like the two different guy philosophies of trying to get a wife right yes because there's the scarface is trying to be like the weird macho like daddy guy and manolo's trying to be like what i do the eating pussy for nine hours guy yeah no i think that's a very valid point and that was another thing that i wanted to touch on here Let's talk, if we go back to the character of Scarface here and what brought yeah. him and made him become the man he is, I think it's a core desire to want to provide and be traditionally useful and, man, you know, yeah, just be a fucking man, essentially. Yeah. And when you're a dude who's a Cuban uh, refugee, he, uh, you know, he was literally fighting in Castro's army. Uh, like, he's not welcome in Cuba. He's not welcome in america he is uh, an immigrant uh, an illegal immigrant who has no fucking qualifications or money or anything um but like he sees this american dream that he wants to achieve it's like he has no other means to get there apart at least in his mind than by making money by being a fucking tough guy by strong army yeah, people i'll agree with you that that's what he thinks in his head but like my counterpoint is how manny lives his life Manny has this is in the same exact situation as Scarface, and he just chooses to be a bit smarter about it. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Like about because that. Scarface does this whole movie like becomes a kingpin just to get Elvira to like blow him a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. And he's like, "You need the money and power." And then Manny still fucks Scarface's sister without having any of the money or power. Yeah, you're right, man. And I think that that's like the big fucking thing of this movie. I think that that's truly what this movie is about, that it's not about the money and power. And that by going after only that, you're not going to hit any of the other shit that you actually want along the way, which yeah. is what you think that you're going to get with the money and power. That's what I'm saying is that that's not what Scarface wanted. He just th saw that as like the path to happiness yeah. when Manolo realized, oh, fuck, I can just focus on the shit that I, makes me happy. Yeah. Manolo was worried about being a good friend to Tony and worried about finding love. That's and that was the shit that he did for the whole movie. That's interesting. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you can just try to get the stuff that makes you happy instead of like following this weird abstract path to maybe happiness. Dude, fucking society is based on people thinking there is a weird abstract path to happiness. I feel like everyone who goes to university is just Scarface in this movie. Yeah, you're right. Every, yes. Okay. Holy shit. We everyone broke who this spends wide eight open, years bro. getting a degree just so they might get a job that's definitely not guaranteed. That's the same as Scarface. It's <laughs> literally identical to Scarface. And you fucking treasure that comparison because that's the last time in your life you're going to be compared to Scarface if yeah. you're going to university. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get it twisted and think I'm calling you a badass. Dude. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you're, you, you're only demonstrating the most tragic aspects of I'm Tony calling Montana. you a guy who I could have outsmarted. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. I, we never really talked about Tony's relationships with women enough, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I want to talk about, like, I think it's progressive how pro-eating pussy this movie is, but it's also weirdly regressive how or like how pro-catcalling they still are. Yeah, very pro-catcalling, very uh, pro-kissing uh, girls without them wanting you to. Yeah, they're always like, you need to please a woman. That's yeah. the way to her heart. And then they're like, but also attack her. <laughs> yeah, it's very of its time in the 80s when, like, for the whole probably, like, first hour before Tony and Elvira hook up, it's just Tony being like, I know you want me. 
Yeah. And like that just perpet like and I genuinely a lot of the times we joke and say like this movie started that this movie is the reason dudes do this. This movie's fucking gigantic. Like this could be <laughs> the reason why dudes are like that. <laughs> yeah, it really could, man. Like I don't know. I think this movie fucked a lot of people when it came yes. out. Yes. Because they started thinking that you do have to get the money before you get the ass. Yeah, and I mean it fucked me to an extent too. Like I watched this movie when I was like 15. I just thought, yeah, the world is mine too. That's yeah. all I took from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> man, why doesn't everybody just realize that all they want to do is have sex? Like, I think the world would be an easier place if we all stopped fucking around and just started having sex. Yeah, because people still think that they're better than that for some reason. You're not, bitch. You're a Mormon. You're worse than that. We're all horny and you're not. If you're if you (laughs) if you uh, if you're saving it, you're not better than me. You're worse than the smell of anal. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, um, but you know what? You know what really made me laugh though. Yeah, was the progression of I I I loved the progression of the Tony and Elvira relationship because as we were saying, it started with Tony literally pouncing on her and making out uh, to uh, when they actually hook or like got together, got together, which I feel like was at the pool sequence. Yeah, uh, where Tony had essentially kind of like quit working with Frank. Yeah, and like came out to the pool and was chatting her up and like tried to sit down with her and she was like get get away from me Tony I don't want to see you and he's like no come here and then he just like breaks down like explains to her like it's an argument like why she should leave Frank for him yeah and then she's like well now that you've broken it down in such logical reasonable terms I have no choice but to marry you yeah that's fucked up I love that I that- think that's very funny you think that's I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that's realistic or act. I just think it's funny. That just yeah. made me laugh. A dude being like, uh, let me show you some points you haven't considered. And then the girl being like, hmm, I actually am horny for you. This I think that scene taught our parents to send drunk texts. You think? I think drunk the- texts are just a guy laying out his terms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, mean, I was about to disagree with you, and then you put it that way. Yeah, no, that's the exact same spirit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, oh, I think a perfect quote that uh, like uh, just says exactly what this movie is is uh, when Scarface and uh, Manny are driving back from Frank's house the first time they meet him. And uh, Manny is like, Manny's like, I just want to be happy. And Scarface is like, you be happy then. I want what's coming to me. And I think that that's like a great quote for the movie. Like some people want to be happy. Other people want to get what's coming. Other people love to sow and then reap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's, I I, I completely didn't even think about, like, I'm still rattled that you got the Manny, uh, Scarface dichotomy thing before I did. I really liked that. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk more about that? Uh, I don't know. I think we hit all those bases. Let's talk about his relationship with his sister. Yeah. Because that's a fuck. Or actually, no, let's finish. Let's stop. Let's finish the Elvira thing. Let's. W- oh, yeah. Fuck. One thing at a time, baby. God damn it. So, dude. yeah, they finally got together, and it totally, like, I don't know if the director intended it to be like this, but it just really struck me as one of those relationships of convenience. Do yeah. you ever see that with your friends where it's like maybe they met in high school or whatever, and, like, it's not that they don't get along. It's just that they don't feel like finding someone they get along with better. It's always two people who know exactly how ugly they are. Yes. <laughs> yeah, two people with a very realistic sense of what they're working with. 
<laughs> Nobody who thinks they're a 10 stays in a relationship from high school. I also think, like, a good point about that is how she keeps acting like she's never, ever, ever gonna fuck him. And then it's like, do you not realize that you're, like, addicted to cocaine right now? Like, you'll fuck who ha- whoever has cocaine. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just, like, the sad thing of it was that she was just being passed around to whoever had blow. Yeah. And Tony made some very real points about her life when she or when he was yelling at her in the restaurant about how she's, you know, just a fucking drug or a drug addict and is polluting her body and da-da-da-da-da. But also, like, she's fucking uh, sad and depressed, and I so hear you, sister. So then here's a question. Do you feel bad for her? Yeah, because I mean— Because she is getting used, but she also is using— Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for her to the extent that I would feel bad for, like, any other mob wife, I think. Like, you can see that they're, like... you don't think that her own greed, like, got her there? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that, if anything, I have more sympathy. Like, let's compare her to Carmela Soprano. I wrote this in my notes. Um, Because, like, I have more sympathy for her than I would for Carmela Soprano, because she is at least addicted to drugs. She, like, this is... uh, That's fair. And we also don't... I got to remember that we don't know if she loved doing drugs or if someone like conned her into getting exactly. addicted to it. But even like let's let's say that she loved doing drugs and now it's just getting out of hand. I would still feel bad for her. Like you're a fucking victim of uh That's your true. addiction and your circumstance like that sucks. That's true. Addiction is not to, people's fault. Exactly. So that's that's where I'm at with her. That's why I feel that's why I think that she's a tragic character in this movie as opposed to someone like Carmela Soprano who is completely aware of what's going on and is willing to reap the rewards of uh you know just being a fucking rich lady. That's true, because you also don't see Elvira, like, reaping a lot. No, I mean, like, the only rewards she's reaping is getting the blow. Like, she doesn't give a fuck about, like, dressing nicely. She doesn't want to go out to dates with Tony. Like, she doesn't, she hates going to the fancy restaurants and the clubs and shit. Like, she's not there for that. She literally just wants companionship and blow. And if she wasn't addicted to the blow, she would just want the companionship. Yeah, that is fucking sad, actually. Yeah, she's a tragic character. I've changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that bummed me out. Um, When they first were flirting on the dance floor was a really interesting and weird scene to me. Like, when he... I couldn't tell what happened. Like, when he asks what her last name is and she tells him and then he's like, oh, that sounds like a bird. You're just flying around being a bird. (laughs) Like, I couldn't tell if that's, like, the way I am when I'm trying to riff with girls or if he just, like, like, I don't know what happened. I think he's just, like, negging her or something. But, like, what does that mean, bro? What is, like, calling someone's last name a bird? Well, I think uh, we've all had swings and misses, you know? I think that was just a bad riff, quite frankly. I think he was trying to run a bit with her. I think he knew one thing about her and was like, let me make a joke about how it's a bird, and then it was bad. I feel like that's how I sound when I try to make a joke to a girl who's too cool to talk to me. Yeah, it probably is how you (laughs) sound, and I don't want to be the guy to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I just, I think that was interesting. Good allegory for every guy uh yes very powerful allegory for very guy or for every guy also i think frank being the symbol of success at the start of the movie is really funny because of his relationship with his wife like i think that taught her parents that you're not successful until you're in a perpetual domestic situation i think that's why no one gets divorced People have been going crazy with divorces lately okay fine i think that's why the people who don't get divorced but clearly should choose not to yeah I feel like it's probably a situation of why I don't feel like moving out of my apartment, even though I probably should, which is just that I don't feel like moving right now. 
I think it's just a fucking hassle to have change. And I feel like that's why a lot of those people stay. I have I also like never been married or been down to stay in a relationship that I wasn't feeling for more than a few hours. So, like, yeah, I just think that, like, it was glorified for a long time. Those kind of relationships where it's like a rich, powerful guy who is like always mean to his wife. Yeah, but yeah. It's justified because he works hard or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's bringing home the bacon. Of course, it can be a little fucking stressed. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But I also don't know if we were supposed to idolize that. That's just how it came off. Yeah, I don't think that we were. I mean, I feel like it was, uh, if anything, it was more, I, I, the sense that I got from it was that it was just like, oh, look at this guy who seems like he has it all, but really, uh, this, you know, he's got a sad home life or whatever. It's like, even he's though he's got all the money, he can't yeah, that's win true. his love. And maybe, maybe Frank's uh, life was supposed to be kind of a microcosm of what Tony's was going to be before the end of the movie you know yeah i mean what happens to him he loses elvira he tries to shoot for the stars by having tony assassinated at a nightclub that's a good point he's just trying to be a more powerful version of frank exactly and uh yeah yeah and instead of like in scarface instead of seeing what frank's actual flaws were he saw only what he thought his flaws were and then just fixed that and then he didn't even fix himself. the flaws. I mean, he just saw what Frank had and was like, I would like that. I'm not going to have any problems when I get that because I'm a perfect human man named Scarface. That's fair. But I think he also thought that uh, Frank wasn't hungry enough. Like, oh, I yeah, you're absolutely right. Clear. Yes. I mean, that that was made super clear at the uh, like right after the first uh, meet up with Sosa where Frank was losing yeah. it on him for making such a big deal. Yeah. Like, I think that. I think Scarface sees that as Frank's only problem instead of realizing that Frank's just like a bit of a dumbass. Exactly. Well, and also the fact that Scarface uh, saw t uh, Frank's desire to not have all that money as a problem in the first place and not like, uh, you know, like a, a, a conscious choice. This movie on his survival never been made if someone just told Scarface the saying "mo money, mo problems." I know he it's does not realize that, that movie came out ten years or that song came out ten years later. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't realize it. it's just no one drills it in his head that the reason Frank isn't hungry enough to him is because Frank doesn't want all the extra bullshit. It sucks, but you know, man, I fucking love that they uh, really give like Tony his comeuppance when he actually like does make it rich. Yeah, and he take he kills Frank. He takes over the business. We have the push it to the limit montage, which dude, why did they bro? I for every time I watch that movie, I forget that's in there. Why did they feel it. the need to add a montage Push to this? Push it to the limit. Whoever's idea that was. Duffel bags were bringing to banks. Scarface has blow in his desk. I'm gonna AK-47. Whoever I'm gonna Rebenga. Whoever's ass thought it was a good idea to put a montage in this movie, like. And if like I just want to like I think that might be the montagiest montage I have ever seen in it's my like, life. <laughs> it's literally like if Family Guy was making fun of what a montage is. Dude, I've seen <laughs> it's on, so fucked up on the TV show Party Down. They have a shot for shot parody of this montage. They use the same song except <laughs> it's at a dildo factory. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I don't know. I get that they had to do a montage in every '80s movie, but this one just feels like. 
they were trying to do art and then they just fuck it completely. That just pissed me off. Like, did people like montages ever? I assume. Because I just find it as like, that's the checking your phone break. But they didn't have phones yeah, fair in enough. the 80s. I don't even know how people thought felt about montages. Because like, the only reason I like them... Like, I like them the same way I like a punch that doesn't land. Like, that obviously doesn't connect on screen, you know? Like, it's bad, and it's charming to me, and I love that. I would not... I wouldn't remove this montage from this movie because I I like that campiness and charm, but, like, it definitely doesn't add anything to this. Man. Uh, except for, actually, you know what? I take that back. It uh, It demonstrates the passing of time very well for a montage, I think. Yeah, but it's like... I don't. Yeah, it as I guess Maybe as far like as it, montages go, it did show me that the story is progressing. But I just I don't know, dude. It montages just fuck it up for me. Like I feel like that's if that montage wasn't in there and that scene where uh, the two people shoot up the nightclub and Scarface runs through their machine gun fire. If those two things were out of there, I think this movie would have a lot more respect than it does. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that montage, uh, I think that montages are definitely a lazy way to show the passage of time. They could have done a lot of other things to do that. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know, so fuck it. Yeah, no, and I mean, like, that's also such a small complaint to have over the course of a three-hour movie to say that. There's maybe maybe four minutes of filler in this like yeah yeah you're right it's a bitchy complaint but it especially made me so after mad. fucking westworld where literally one third of it was <laughs> chasing like i feel blessed by having a only three minute montage in this movie <laughs> yeah i'm acting thank sp- you brian i'm Mwah. being spoiled right now but to be honest with you it made me like physically angry when the montage happened respect fair enough <laughs> But what I did like after that was right after that montage, once they fucking make it, once you have Tony sitting in his monogrammed chairs, which I'm going to have well before I own a mansion. Yep. Um, uh, he has that ex- or the exchange with the banker where the banker is talking about how he's now got to take 10% of every dollar he makes to actually wash it. Yep. So this now is Tony's when the more money, more problems. Exactly. Tony's making more money than he ever has before, except he's fucking losing it all just as fast because he's blowing it all on uh, getting it washed, paying off the bank, paying off the police. Yeah. He's spending uh, what Manolo was saying, 12% of his uh, net income on uh, new security shit, which he just fucking stares at to be paranoid all day. Like, yeah, he's got more money. But like, does he? This is like when I was working. Uh, I used to work at Papa Murphy's Pizza Place when I lived with my parents house. I'd make three hundred dollars <laughs> a paycheck. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, I can't wait to have a, you know, my own place, a full time job. I'm going to make so much money. And then I started making like eleven hundred dollars a paycheck. But like all of that has to go to fucking rent yeah. and like the man and all sorts of shit. And I end up with like way less money than I had when I was working a part time job at my parents house. Yeah. Ex- yeah. I love that you're comparing moving out of your parents' house to becoming the biggest drug kingpin in Miami. I think it's accurate. I'm just comparing this movie to what I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he he encapsulates it perfectly when he's uh, complaining to the banker and he's like, he's like, yeah, I have a house full of cash and yeah, he's talking about how he has a house full of cash and can't spend any of it. So, like, yeah, he is literally more broke than he was working for Frank. Exactly. Because if he spends any of this money, the police are just going to be like, 
Oh, that's fucked. And that's, as we've been saying this whole fucking pod, that's the trap of money. Yeah, that's how they get you. That's why people go, you get fucked. You you end up uh, going to fucking school to get money, and then all of a sudden you're wrapped up in this fucking situation where you can't stop getting money, yeah, or all of a sudden you're fucked. If there's any kids listening to this, what you want is 25 grand a year. That's all you need. And you just want that and the ability to have sex, and you're fine. I and make that's half all you of that, want. and I'm stoked. I, I make w- I make twelve thousand dollars a year, and I live a happy life. You re- like? I mean, that's the thing. It's like I would love to have more money, but at the cost, like I'm not willing to sacrifice my freedom for that. I I mean, I really do genuinely think there's a right amount of money to be making. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I for me, I've completely guessed at fifty thousand dollars. That's what I'm. I feel <laughs> like if I had that, I'd be a lot happier. Then I wouldn't get all the rich guy money problems. You but need we'll enough see. money for a down payment, but not enough for a jet ski. Because Precisely. once you buy a jet ski, you're fucked. If I buy a jet ski, that means I'm bored of everything else I could have bought instead. Yeah. If Once you start buying shit to take on the water, that's when you've realized that money has corrupted yeah, you. Yeah, if you can buy a novelty <laughs> boat, then fucking take a look at yourself, bro. <laughs> Go to therapy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this movie gets a lot of undue hate. What do you think? Or do you think it's corny enough to receive all that? No, I think it gets undue hate. I think that the people who hate it are the people like us before we went into this movie who thought that it was just going to be a dumbass fucking tough guy flick about a mobster. And then you fucking look a little below the surface and you realize like, oh, fuck, this is actually a cautionary tale about the pitfalls of communism and capitalism and the pursuit of the American dream and how, you know, you don't fucking want to be playing into the big, you know, grand fucking rat races of life. You just want to find what makes you happy and carve out your niche. Yeah, like it's not a perfect movie, but like the people who like shit on it, I think are like like you're just outing yourself as a guy who only likes math movies like Moneyball or something. You're outing yourself as a guy who doesn't get Scarface. You're outing (laughs) yourself as a guy who thinks that they've read between the lines, but no, there's still a few more fucking lines you gotta read between, guy. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly you didn't see all the lines. Someone needs glasses. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think, like, I don't know what I think, but I, I, I think that Getting too crazy about this movie either way is stupid. It is stupid. I think it's just like a pretty good thing. It is, but man, I don't know. I feel like after this, I might be a guy who's too crazy about Scarface. Because like the one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about was uh, uh, Tony's relationship with his sister, which is weird as fuck. Yeah. And I feel like the perfect response to all these other weird as fuck relationships we've seen dudes have with their sisters or dads have with their daughters in these uh, movies that we've covered. Uh, we've definitely talked about, I can't remember specific movies where this comes up in, but with like dads and brothers who- Hellraiser just, comes up. Hellraiser, yeah, it was in Hellraiser. I feel like it was in one we did recently, but I can't remember. Um, but still, just like the fucking idea of dudes who are horny for their daughters- yeah secretly and don't fucking let anybody you know they're so overprotective of them because it seems like they vaguely want to have sex with them yeah the creepy overprotection is taken to its logical conclusion in this and i fucking hate it oh me too (laughs) and then i thought for two more seconds and i'm like oh no i love this actually so what happens is like through the whole movie tony is like so fucking weirdly protective of his sister yeah. And like it starts off like he beats up a guy who she's with at a at the club and then he like 
during his uh rich guy uh montage he's like dressing her in dresses that look exactly like elvira's yeah which are is fucking creepy yeah and then at the very end of the movie she ends up falling in love with manolo tony's best friend and then when tony finds out he shoots manolo dead yeah and And kidnaps her yeah and then kidnaps her back to his place which is like yeah that's such a fucked up thing that's like that's like literally seeing her as property oh yeah i mean it is and i think that's like fuck man i hope that some guys were watching that and were like that's pretty fucked up and then they didn't they didn't act like that towards their sisters i think a lot of guys watched that and thought that's how you have to be with your sister or else she'll i thought that too but and then because they have the okay so all of that comes to a conclusion where um gina tony's sister comes in to tony's office and is like fuck me tony if you want me so bad then fuck me and as she's doing that she's you know shooting at him because he fucking ruined her life because of his weird horniness uh and then she gets killed by one of the assassins trying to kill tony and he's holding her in his arms she's dying and tony realizes that oh fuck i love you i love manolo i've completely fucked this up and she's holding him dead or tony's holding her dead in his arms and is telling her i love manolo like yeah i've made all these mistakes and yeah it's the fucking logical conclusion it's like what do you really you weird ass fucking dad you strange brother what do you want your daughter sister to never fuck anybody or do you want them to fuck you so fucking yeah i think the movie was trying to show that i just think that like people didn't hear it because being over being like weirdly overprotective didn't stop after Scarface came out. No, it definitely didn't. I mean, people didn't want to see that. They probably just glossed over that part of the movie because unfortunately Tony says, say hello to my little friend about two minutes after that. And that really <laughs> overshadows a lot of what happens in this movie. Yeah. Well, cause like, to be honest with you, I didn't even realize that it was the weird overprotectiveness. I just thought it was a weird thing about Tony until you pointed it out to me. So I do feel like it's very easy to miss that. I think it probably is. And I mean, I've seen this movie like four or five times before we did this podcast. Yeah, I missed it all of those times. The only reason that I noticed it this uh, viewing around is because we've watched so many other movies that have that kind of those weird fucking themes. But they just seem like uh, like in the context of those movies, they're like appropriate and we're supposed to uh, identify with. Well, the they're guy. not appropriate because I take a stance against anything that's not progressive. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Anytime. They're inappropriate, dude, to Brad's morals. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in the context of the movies, you're supposed to root for and identify with these guys. It's yeah. fucking way ahead of uh, its time to have, like, this play out like this in Scarface. And I think that even today, if we had a movie that wanted to tackle those kind of themes in the way that Scarface did, there would be a lot of fucking issues with it. I don't think that people would get it today if it uh, played yeah. out like that. That's an interesting point. So that's like that really was one of the things that elevated Scarface um, so much fucking higher than I had it before in my mind. Before, I thought it was a pretty fucking good mob movie with a cool character, dope dialogue, cool music, and all of that. I just thought it was an enjoyable romp. But now I think, like, no, Scarface is commentary. Scarface is shit to say. Scarface is commentary about America, about film, about society. It's fucking genius, and I am embarrassed to be saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it feel gross to treat it with respect just (laughs) based on, like, what you've been told? Man, I wasn't planning on doing this. (laughs) Yeah, it really feels gross to me to be, like, respecting this shit. But uh, it is respectable. It's that's it's thing. really fucking good. It's better um, than I thought it was. It's better than everybody thinks it is. I have another thing I want to say that reinforces the Tony's a family man secretly thing. 
Yeah, okay. Okay, so at the end of the movie, like, what triggers the Sosa to turn on Tony? Sosa's like Tony's supplier who they've been palling around with doing business for the whole movie. Yeah. What causes them to flip is Sosa wants Tony to assassinate, uh, like, a, a journalist who's talking shit. Mm. And Tony's like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's down. Uh, until he finds out that the journalist is in a car with um, his wife and kids when the hit's supposed to go down. Yeah. And then Tony ends up assassinating the hitman instead of going through and killing all those people. So in my mind, that was when I actually realized that, like, oh, fuck. And I think also Tony realized, too, like, oh, he's not in it for the money. He thought the money was a tool to get what he wanted. What he actually wanted was family. What he wanted was his friends. What he wanted was to, you know, just have a life for himself. And, yeah. uh uh, having to face, you know, come to terms with pulling that out from or pulling that away from ever, or some other guy, he realized he didn't want to do that. But unfortunately, it was too fucking late because he was so set in his ways that literally right afterwards, he goes and does that to himself. He kills Ma- uh, Manolo, his brother. He kills. Yeah. Sh- uh, I mean, I think that, like, um, that I read that different than you. I think that I read that scene as the part that's wh- the part where it shows that Tony thinking he can shape the world around him has backfired on him yeah because like uh that's what he's doing the whole movie is just trying to make everyone and everything behave the way he thinks they should yes and uh like that's what he does to the guy when he shoots him when he's about to blow up the thing and it it uh that ruins everything because if they had just killed that guy sosa wouldn't have been in trouble and he wouldn't have sent the hit squad to tony's house yeah but I mean, like, I think to- uh, it's just Tony realizing, like, he, d- he this isn't. Him. I just don't think he realized. Is my point. I think. No, you're right. You're realized. right. He didn't. He didn't realize. He didn't realize it until the end of the movie when he's holding Gina in his arm, like dead yeah. Gina in his arms, and crying about how much he loved Manolo. He didn't realize that until then. I just think that that scene was a glimpse into who he actually was as a dude, and not like who he thought he was as a dude. Here's my question that I forgot earlier is, do you think we're supposed to root for Scarface? At, like with all the creepy horny shit and all the fucked up morals, do you think we are still supposed to see him as a sympathetic character? Um, because if you think you can make an argument that it's not his fault, just like you can make the argument that it's not Elvira's fault. Yeah, you can definitely make that argument that, you know, Tony's just a product of the society that he grew up in. But like. I think he's a tragic hero. I mean, and I think that's the very definition of a tragic hero. It's like, fuck, I mean, I think Tony Montana should rot in jail. If he was a real dude, I don't think he should ever, you know, see the light of day. But I also get what happened. And I think that's like the genius of this movie is that you're able to relate with a dude to some degree. You're able to see parts of yourself. It was cool to see, you know, I think that we're you you and I are fairly ambitious dudes. I think a part of me or I saw a part of myself in Tony when he was coming up through the ranks and throwing away all of his personal life and all of this (laughs) other fucking shit just for this one uh, because he's got tunnel vision on this one goal and then realizing like, oh, there's actually a bunch of other stuff that I wanted too. So that's why, yeah, no, I think that you were supposed to, I think you're supposed to sympathize with Tony. I don't think you're supposed to root with him. Yeah, that's fair. I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, because I feel like also some people just don't sympathize at all. I no, feel like right. some people root for Tony and some people just think he's a piece of well, shit. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that comes down to whether you're a guy like us who reluctantly loves this movie and thinks it's excellent or you you wear Scarface shirts on the bus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's true, yeah. I just think it's uh it's really interesting to me how open-ended it is for like people to decide what they think it's about. 
Yeah, and I I think that's the mark of good art, if you ask me. I like that people can... Uh, I like that we can fucking watch this movie and take away completely different, se- uh, you know, have different takes from all the scenes, and all of them are completely valid. And I think that all of them read different things into the character of Tony Supra- or of uh, Tony Montana. I think, yeah, but I think that's what makes this a good movie and what makes it a bad movie to certain people is just how open ended. No, was. yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of like what happened in Other People's Money, where it's a cautionary tale, but if you're a dumb guy, then it's just a fucking it glamorizes something that yeah, shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, exactly. It's a cautionary tale unless you're a dumb guy, and then it's fucking tight as yeah. shit. Then it rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. What do you want to talk about next? You know what I thought was interesting? When he's telling Manny about how about his plan to fuck over Frank in the uh, early stages of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, he tells Manny that Frank's soft, and Frank says, how do you know? And uh, Tony goes, the eyes, Chico. They never lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he... He's like explaining it and he's like, I can see in his eyes that he's motivated by booze and women and nothing else. And it's like, how can you see that in Frank and you can't see what motivates you and yourself? I think it's I mean, I think that he sees what motivates himself, which is money. He just, he just see sees a problem with it. He doesn't have a problem with it because like how fu- that's very societally acceptable and also fucking rewarded. Yeah. I guess you I know, just like the pursuit of money is like that's I think it, people look at it as a lot more virtuous than the pursuit of women or booze. When I mean, like, not to fucking defend a drunk womanizer, but like, I don't think it's wrong to ha- uh, to live your life seeking pleasure and finding like if Frank finds pleasure in women and booze, fucking follow your bliss, brother. Yeah, I just think it's interesting the judgment. Like, I yes, think it's it is interesting. It's funny to me that money guys think women guys are like wasting their life but isn't that all guys i guess yeah isn't that like i mean think about like the difference between uh fucking alcohol or alcoholics and potheads like i mean you've had guys who are judgmental about you for smoking weed the same way like there's guys who are judgmental about guys for drink people just judge people for making different choices than them yeah and they think that they're stupid and you know less than for that when really uh, who fucking cares i guess we're all guessing yeah, I guess this movie, like, taught me that it doesn't really matter. Like, you can make the right choices or whatever all you want, but, like, you are you can still corrupt yourself at any point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can be corruptible in anything. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that you got to be a well-rounded person who is, uh, you have multiple facets of happiness. Because if you don't, you're going to be fucked. You need to have other shit going on. You can't just yeah. have one thing or else once that thing goes up... Or, you know, once something happens to that, then, like, what do you do with yourself? For Tony Montana, it was money. And now, you know, he just fucking threw himself so headfirst into money that he sacrificed every other aspect of his life because of that. Yep, and for us, it was stand-up comedy, and look where we got. We're (laughs) all failures in different ways, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Do you think this movie's an allegory for anything? I mean, yeah, I think this movie is just the story of Icarus, but the sun is cocaine. Um, but I also don't know the definition of allegory. I also think this movie is about, it's just about the American dream. Like it's just about all of us. It really is just about about all of our pursuit of happiness. You can apply it to any life path. You absolutely can. Um, I was just mentioning to you before the show. I think it's a bit of a stick up your assy thing to do though, to compare yourself to Scarface just because 
he murders and none of us do. Um, but I, I would actually make the argument that you and I are a couple of killers, but continue. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think, think you can, murdered. but it feels corny to me to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and I'm, you know, I'm relu- like, I was reluctant to, like, I don't want to compare myself to Scarface. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. But, like, but I think there I is think a little bit of us in Scarface. Yes, and I think that's what Oliver Stone was trying to uh, fucking get in there when he wrote the character of Scarface. He's relatable. Yeah. He has, he holds the ideals of, I think, the average American man. And I think what and we're he just applies them to doing crazy shit. I think we're actually saying what he wanted up. I think we're describing how he wanted us to feel, actually. Because I I think that when he wrote this character, he wanted us to relate and also feel gross by how we do relate. Yes, exactly. And, like, take a fucking look at yourself because of that. It's like, it's... Really, it's nice to see all this shit. Like, that's what Scarface is. It's just taking, like, a lot of commonly held beliefs and tropes and playing them out to their natural conclusion. Scarface, like his daughter, his sister, who he was pussy guarding her whole life. Now he tries, she tries to kill him, and his best friend is dead, and he realizes his life is empty because he's been chasing money for all of it. Yeah, this is yeah, this is American ideals played out to the end. Thank you, Oliver Stone. I think this movie, the lesson of it is, you're not like don't chase stuff. No, don't chase stuff. Tony had everything he wanted at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He had Manolo, he had his sister, and his mother was on speaking terms with him. Yeah. He had everything he wanted when he got to America. He fucked it up by trying to pursue money so hard. Yeah, and I think you can you can uh, equate the pursuit of money to the pursuit of almost anything. Yeah, else. whatever whatever you're throwing yourself into so blindly that you're ignoring every other aspect of your life, that is your money. And you are the Scarface. We're either going to get bullied for this episode or change people's minds about Scarface. And I don't know which one. Yeah, so let us know in the comments whether you think we're losers or you think that we're all John Paul Sarders. I really don't know which one, to be honest (laughs) with you. I can't tell. (laughs) Um, What do you think? Um, I think this was a fucking great movie. What do you think is problematic about it? I think uh, I'm going to restart the recording so we don't lose everything. Okay, cool. What do I think is problematic about this? Yeah, what do you think is problematic? I mean, I think that the stuff that we cover... The thing with this movie is that it has a lot of problematic shit in it, but I think that it covers it very well. And it's... Yeah, it's In that it, you know, it doesn't glamorize it. Like, Tony fucking gets his... uh, He coaxed um, Elvira into a relationship with him. They weren't meant to get... They shouldn't have been together, and it ended up blowing up in a restaurant. Um, The fact that he was so shitty and weird towards his sister, that's fucked up. But it also blows up on him. The fact that yeah. he's incredibly jealous towards Manolo, that blows up. Like, yeah, this movie is a ton of fucking cautionary behavior, but I can't say it glamorizes any of it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I want to say it's, like, fucked up about women, but it's like, of course those guys were fucked up about women. Yeah, of women. course it was, and I think that it, you know, it didn't glamorize it. They were fucking yeah. shitty. It showed them being shitty, and they were treated badly because of it. And, and like, they, yeah, they also got smacked, and they also got called grease balls. And yeah, like, Tony looks so like yeah. a fucking piece of shit when he's like literally hammered, stumbling out of the restaurant, yelling, "Say goodnight to the bad guy." Oh, that was another good point I wanted to mention in that whole fucking breakdown he has when he calls out all the other rich people in the restaurant for staring at him. Yeah, because he's the only one who is showing. Like, all of them have that same grime 
again, that same shitty mentality that Tony has, he's the only one who's actually has to act on it to get there. All those other people have been spoon-fed. They've been given their riches. They don't want to think about where it comes from. Yeah. Tony's the only dude who has taken all those fucking personality traits that they all have and applied them as they were meant to be applied. And yeah. they think it's fucking disgusting. And that's the whole point of this movie. Yeah. Like, Tony's like... Tony, like, wasn't born into wealth and all those other people assume, like, that's what they're trying to say is those other people were born into wealth. And it's like, yeah, there is no difference between a drug dealer and a fucking hedge fund manager. They were just born into an easier life. Exactly. It's different flavors of the same guy. Like, yeah, Warren Buffett would be a cocaine kingpin if he was not born in the United States. Yeah, exactly. But he was born in fucking Nebraska or whatever (laughs) and not Medea. You know, like Jeff Bezos wouldn't be stabbing guys in prison if he wasn't the CEO of Amazon? He would. I think the point of that speech is that he's trying to say, like, society needs that type of rich person so we don't all start murdering the other type of rich person when we realize how fucked they are. I don't even I don't think it's saying that. I think it's more just saying, like, hey, we're not fucking different. The mentality that got you there is the same mentality that got me here. The only difference is the actions that we had to carry out are slight. You know, I I hate that I've said this so many times. Different flavors of the same shit. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's part of it. But I also like he does keep saying you need me to them. Yes. And I think that's an interesting line because I. I, Sorry. I was just going to say, I think that he thinks that they need him so that way they don't have to face who they are. They can look at Tony and be like, oh, what a piece of shit. And they don't even have to consider that they might also be that same piece of shit. Exactly. And then just what I think is like he's saying they need him because then there's a villain for everyone to look at instead of. Yes, exactly. Yes. I think think you're exactly right about that. If there was no cartels, people would realize that like every company is the same as a cartel bro yeah yes if we weren't fucking worried about criminals we could act like you know and the like, criminals they want us to worry about we could look at the criminals who are doing the fucking damage yeah. which is wall street i mean it, yeah it's like that's like corny to say but it's true it is true like those are the ones fucking up the world and taking slaves and like still and like ruining everything it's just less obvious and easier to ignore those are the people that made it so i can't have kids ethically yes and uh i think that yeah like i would argue that those people are worse than drug dealers absolutely they've done more damage to everybody like i think they just don't have the fucking blood on their hands they didn't have to get shot to do it i will stand by this to anybody i think that drug dealing is a real business way more real of a business than managing money is anyone in the finance industry has less of a job than any drug dealer i think anybody i uh, yeah at I least mean, you, a drug dealer is filling a need at least a fucking drug dealer is honest about who they are and what they're doing yeah at, at least, least a drug dealer will kill someone instead of suing them until they run out of money and die exactly and that's what this movie's about scarface is fucking no different to any other corporate elite yeah it's yeah fuck them all fuck them stabbing emilio rabanga is the same thing in principle as when mcdonald's sued that lady for burning herself with their coffee and that's what this podcast was all about and i'm gonna kill a ceo uh yeah i don't know anything else what did Um, our parents learn from this shit i think our 
our parents took a fucking lot of nothing. Wrong lessons. I think that they, yeah, no, I think that they just thought Scarface ruled. I think they thought. I think they learned to get money. I think this probably started uh, the very dangerous hustle mentality that this, I've been seeing yeah. everywhere. Um, this movie, along with uh, the other mob movies in general, I think really did push the hustle mentality yeah. thing. I think it really reinforced the whole uh, first you get the money, then you get the girls type type of attitude. Yeah, because that's the thing. It, uh, yes, he does get the money, and then he gets the girls. If you watch the movie and then not read into it, yeah, that is what happens. Shitty and fake, exactly. Which is what money is, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, if you spend your like, our parents learned to chase money, and what they should have learned was that if you spend your whole life chasing money, your life will be as fake as the money. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty good fucking thing to end on. Yep. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Comedy Here Often. This was a serious episode with a lot less jokes than normal. But you know what? Scarface is a serious movie with a lot less jokes than normal. Um, also, let us know. Do you Give w- us some feedback. Yeah, what can. do you want? Do you want us to get serious and tell you what we think about movies? Or do you want us to tell you stories about things we've done? These are, you know, get in touch. Talk to us. Yeah, I mean, we'll try to strike a balance. But yeah, there's, yeah, there'll usually be a balance. But this movie had me feeling a lot more things than I expected to feel after I watched it. Yeah, I just think that people, people need to hear that Scarface is actually a real movie instead of just a thing for you to bully. Yeah, guess what, motherfuckers? Scarface is a masterpiece. Piece. Yeah, guess what, bitch? You want to make fun of something on Twitter all day? Why don't you take Avatar to task? Shout out to Comedy Here Often. Shout out to all our friends. Shout out to all our parents shout out to all our family members